0: everyone, and welcome back to the Pumpkinhead Podcast. My name is Lyric, and this week we're going to talk about fandoms, and from the ex-hipster perspective that I can bring, I am a little sniffly today, so stay with me. Um, and the current book that I'm actually starting is Beautiful Creatures by Kamen Garcia, so here we go. Let's get into it. Okay, so if there's one thing to know about me, it's that I am a huge nerd, (laughs) okay? Part of why I started this podcast was just I wanted to share all the things that I geek out about um, with other people that may or may not feel the same way, and you would think that would lend itself to me enjoying fandoms. However, I am a veteran of Tumblr. And in doing so, I am also an ex-hipster. Insert gasp, insert shock, Um, and let's move on. And in being so, I recognize that some of my own toxic behaviors is that I love to know about things or be entrenched in nerd culture and gatekeep it. <laughs> and it's not good. It's not good. And I catch myself doing it and I catch myself starting to be that person all the time and I have to to stop (laughs) it's not I don't enjoy that I do that Um, but I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching Sandman and it made me kind of think about how I view different fandoms and how there's some that I am actively in that I wish that I wasn't and some that I admired in the past and all these different things and How the relationship to fandom and being allowed to see other people's opinions so much can change how you view that artwork. For instance, and I made a tweet about this um, a few months or so ago. There are so many movies that as a kid I absolutely loved. And now that I'm on Letterboxd, I'll plop them in and realize that they bombed <laughs> that they were critical failures, that a lot of people find fault in them, things like that. For instance, Ella Enchanted by um well not by, but starring Anne Hathaway is one of my all time favorite movies. Um I watched it repeatedly as a kid. I forced my cousins to watch it and then we all learned The Dance at the end. Like, every time I see a clip from that movie, I smile, and I giggle, and I love it so much. And I thought everyone felt the same way, and recently I realized that it completely bombed, and people do not feel the same way about this movie, if they've even seen it, or read the book, you know? And (laughs) that was a big moment for me, you know? Um, and- you know, sometimes that happens a lot. Where I'll love something and I'll be really excited about it to try to find the fandom around it, and realize that I am alone. Um, I want to do a, a episode in the future about quote unquote bad art or liking bad art. I know we talked about it a little bit when we talked about first kill, but I kind of want to go more in depth um, in that because actually a discussion that I have a lot um, with friends, and so, yeah, but this fandom discussion we're gonna have today is kind of twofold, so I'm gonna talk about when having a fandom can feel alluring and exciting, um, and when having a fandom can feel a little bit isolating, um, and also, like I said, I am a recovering hipster, so I, like, I do like to gatekeep, but also, and once again, I'm I'm being vulnerable with you guys. I'm sharing my toxic traits. I also like to, you know, like like I said with the Ellen Chandon. I know a lot of movies start out of books, and I've always been a reader first. So, a lot of times when people tell me, "Oh, this has come out," for instance, let me think. Recently, the uh, Where the Crawdad Seen, um, it's coming out, which I know a lot of, or, er, Crawfish, is a Crawfish or Crawl is I can't remember, um, uh, my Louisiana showing, but, um, when I, most people, I think, know that that started as a book, but anytime it comes up, I have to mention it was a book, um, Gone Girl, oh, that was a book first, uh, my mom watched, asked me the other day if I wanted to watch The Little Fires, everyone, I was like, oh, no, I want to read the book first, and things like that, so I'm constantly reminding people, like, uh, ah, I'm reading the original content, and uh, sometimes I mean it like that, and sometimes I I just genuinely want to read it first, so that is another thing, my toxic fandom trait that I do, um, and then there are, like I said, fandoms that I were, uh, I was a part of, um, that I'm not anymore, or I still like the content, but I don't consider myself in the fandom, things like that, um... And why? Why do I have this relation? Why is there a difference between liking something and being in the fandom? So, I don't know. I think, um, like I said, it's twofold. Some of them feel exciting, and some of them don't. Um, I used to be... (laughs) I don't know. I think I have mentioned this before, but I used to be really big in the Once Upon a Time fandom. I... uh, I was a hook girly i was (laughs) i was hooked um i absolutely obsessed um i i don't know if this has been noticed yet but i absolutely (laughs) love the uh enemies to lovers trope so you know i was obsessed with swan and hook and i was so bad in the fandom that i actually had like stopped following for a minute one of the fan accounts that i followed because i was behind on the show and i didn't want to spoil and they like personally <laughs> reach out to me and they're like are you okay like what's going on mind you like at this time i hadn't really interacted i was more of like a lurker and a liker um so that was kind of like a wake-up call that oh maybe i am liking every one of their 50 posts a day so oops um but I was into the theories I never really got into I think it's Queen Swan or something like that that ship um because I was so like hook focused but I did get into you know into it I ended up falling off on the last season I believe I still have to go back and watch it but I'm just I, I don't know because I don't have to rewatch everything I don't know but um with that, too, like, and I was, like, keeping up with the spinoffs and everything. I was really into the fandom, and it felt good. I felt like I was a part of something. Another fandom like that was Degrassi. Um, also, old YouTube, being a part of that fandom. Like, I had a... um which sounds weird, right? Because right now YouTube is such a big conglomerate and there's so many avenues that when someone says I like watching YouTube, it could be I like casually pulling up, you know, DIY videos or I like watching, you know, uh, makeup gurus or um, TikTok people in larger formats, things like that. Um, But back in... (sighs) my day or when I was older when you said you liked watching YouTube people pretty much knew what that meant and it could be categorized as American um which would be you know like your Tyler Oakley's unfortunately Shane Dawson um Jenna Marbles things like that and then there was like British YouTube so um and yes I know he's not British but it was in that same category you would have Troy Savant you would have Marcus Butler, like, that kind of selection of people, um, the twins, uh, the Jack, whatever, and then I was, like, really into Jack's films, things like that, so typically when you said I'm into YouTube, people knew who you're talking about, Dan and Phil, all that kind of jazz, um, and so I had, like, my back, my screensaver was Tyler Oakley eating a salad, like, at, <laughs> you know um but the first ever book that I have an only book actually at this point that I've gotten on audible was Bench by Tyler Oakley like you know um being part of that when I was younger felt really like interesting like I watched YouTube and now that I'm older people come over and they like I'll look something up and they're like why do you have so many channels and I it's more like oh you know <laughs> Um, I uh, recently, and I'll know who I'm talking about, recently I had a friend come over and I was talking about Jack's film. They're like, you still watch Jack's film? And I'm like, I have since the beginning, um, I also had him as my life, not my (laughs) lifesaver, my screensaver. So, you know, that's one that I am still technically actively a part of, but I really don't express as much as I did before. Um, really with all of these, I feel like I am ex-fandom active fan and I think that's kind of interesting because why have I distanced myself from that fan culture even though I haven't really distanced myself from the art and I think it's feeling like as as the fandom groups adapt it's not that I am less of a fan or less interested or that I don't like the fandoms around them it's just that I've grown up and I've moved away from this specific set so in that way the fandom kind of is still comforting I still enjoy it I don't call myself separate so much from it I still have fond memories and like the art I just am not as entrenched in it as before so those are like ex-fandom things things that I feel These are things that I feel a kinship for, but aren't necessarily a part of anymore. For instance, Glee is another one. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, rewatch or take part in, you know, all of this glee dumb, whatever, but I- or be a Gleek, um, but I still watch content that dissects it, and I still have memories of being in the fandom that are fond, if- even though I'm not actively- participating in like a fandom anymore i think two things change you know um i was a huge huge twilight fan and of course i'm gonna have to point it out i was reading the books i got bullied for reading the books in middle school and then the next year the movies came out and the whole like thing shifted and i will never forget <laughs> i will never forgive people for that hi first of all why was i getting bullied for reading Um, I don't know, I will never understand, um, but two, oh, I will never forgive the fact that it became such a huge phenomenon, and the same people that would make fun of me were now going to the premieres. Ugh, drove me, drove me crazy, but, um, besides the point, that's part of my hipster nature, right? This is my villain origin story, right? Um, (laughs) the fact that I would discover things and be, like, you know, feel, have to feel ashamed for them, and then they would pop off. This is why we gatekeep. Um, and I'll mention that a little bit again <laughs> later. But um, they're just things that have a grown. So like I said, the Twilight fandom, a lot of that love for Twilight when I was younger was because I was in middle school. Because I read it, and I thought that Edward was hot, and I was a awkward middle schooler who related to Bella I was clumsy I didn't know what to say you know um she has a lot of internal anxiety and her dialogue reflects that she's a little bit actually pretty judgmental it feels like to other girls and at that time in middle school so was I you feel a lot like it's them or me and it it's not but you know so for a a middle schooler who's awkward and all of this stuff like it's relatable it's like oh this hot you know vampire guy and i was always 110 percent team edward but still you have this hot werewolf and the hot human and everyone's interested in her and, and you're kind of like well maybe secretly people are interested in me and you know you read it and it's fun and i didn't think too much about it and i thought it was adult and i thought it was, you know, spicy and adventurous and all these things, and I fell in love with it. And I read the books multiple times, and they're thick books. I know that I've read the first book in Twilight like, at at around this point at least five times when I was younger. Um, I read the entire series a few times, but I mostly would just, like, pick and choose at that point, ones that I want to read. I've watched the movies multiple times. My mom got into it randomly, and then we went to all the premieres together, um... She had, like, her own shirt, like, it was a thing, and then, even then, actually, especially then, the hate around the movie was crazy, and I feel like I participated on both sides because I'm that kind of girly. I went to go see Vampire Sucks with my best friend, who was Teen Jacob, and we wore our Twilight shirts and had fun, um, and then, you know, I- Guess I kind of went through that ex-fandom phase, like I did with Once Upon a Time and Degrassi and all that, where I just kind of slowly like, distanced myself, and then, like most twihards, I ended up going into a, this sucks, what, the heck is Stephanie Meyer doing? And by the way, I was a fan of Stephanie Meyer's too at that time. I read The Host, and I thought it was really good. I still think that the book itself is pretty good. I never ended up watching the movie because by the time the movie came out, I was kind of like falling off of everything. But, you know, still, I do want to say, I, I've, I let me not defend it so vehemently. I do need to reread it. Um, but I remember at the time, I was like, this is actually really good. Let me reread it before I completely say that. But, you know, um, I, w- I was in it. I was in the trenches. And then I wasn't. And then I started thinking about all the criticisms that I got. And then it, the fandom as a whole, you kind of turn into people that, didn't like it anymore and i was that way and my mom was always she loyal to the end y'all but um she will not read the books to save her life but those movies she is loyal to the end i remember one day um we were it was rainy and we promised each other to watch movies and i brought les mis and she was like i was like i want you to watch this she said okay and then she brought um breaking dawn and that was our deal is that i would watch breaking dawn part two with her um, because I don't think we had seen it, I don't know, I don't remember why, but she wanted to watch that, and I want to watch *The Mis, so that was our trade-off, because at this point, I'm, you know, angsty, uh, late teens, and I don't want to associate myself with Twilight anymore, and my mom's crying, she didn't care at all <laughs> for anything that happened in Les Mis, As, if you guys know Les Mis, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the Miserables, It it's not, a good time well it is a good time but it's not you know what I mean it's sad she did not care the moment <laughs> the moment Rick and Todd ended I looked over my mom was sobbing so like she's loyal I wasn't I fell off I was like this sucks I was you know reading all these think pieces about why it suck I have always loved vampires so and other people are bringing up vampires I was regurgitating the like points and hate that I got in and then all of a sudden twilight turned camp and everyone loves it again it had the twilight renaissance loving it is parts cheeky parts genuine you know and i wish that i still had my t-shirts my posters all the stuff i had my friend got me this like life-size Like walk or window clean of Edward, and she had this is the same one that I went to go see Vampire Sex with, and she had the Jacob one, and that boy was in my, on my wall for years. I only got rid of him because I had to move. Do you know how creepy it is to wake up and see a life size Edward Colin staring at you from your closet? Because yes, he was on my closet door. Like it, it was, it was bad. I don't think I've ever been a fan of something that much as i was in the twilight fandom i wasn't allowed to read harry potter so by the time i joined that i was really late to the game which in a way i'm kind of thankful for because i feel like i can dissect myself from it pretty easily um, because jk rowling sucks um (laughs) full stop but like you know i was in the trenches and then i completely swung left and now i'm back in the fandom and how I engage with the art has changed, how I see it, how I view it. I no longer think it's the epitome of romance I at all. <laughs> but I still can say that I enjoy it and it feels now that the culture around it has changed, I can actively engage in the fandom and feel good about it again. It, it's it's weird. It's a it's it's really weird. I wonder if this has happened with other other fandoms. I don't know, but just the fact that, like, I feel like I was an ex-fandom in this one and now I'm right back in it is is very interesting, and the way that people discuss it has been very interesting. Um, there are also fandoms that I think... So, okay, I have kind of categories that I'm discussing, so I have ex-fandoms, which we already talked about, in which I don't think that the art was touched personally by me leaving the fandom, Um, I don't think that my opinions changed because I wasn't actively engaging. I think I just kind of naturally grew apart from active fan culture, which, like I said, when I was writing the script, I realized that fandom covered a lot, and there's a lot that I could say. So that's kind of why I'm not going into exactly what I describe as fandom or fan culture, but more about the impact of the art that it had and and what it felt to be in those fandoms. Maybe a later episode we'll talk more about fan culture and what exactly it entails, Uh, but I'm going into this with the assumption that you kind of have an idea and we're going off of that. So um, those are things, like I said, where I was in it, I've kind of moved away, but I'm no less a fan of those things. There are also things that I am a huge fan of, but I don't actively engage in the fandom and I really haven't to nowhere near to the extreme that I was in the ones that I previously mentioned so or I'll even say I am a fan of this but I am not in the fandom why why is that distinction so um two big ones I guess currently are Marvel huge Marvel girly I'm actually i always say this too i'm actually more of a dc fan when it comes to stories and um not a dc fan when it comes to on-screen storytelling i do like a lot of their animation products i don't know what it is but like dc can slam in some animation but like the dcu the uh, I spit on its grave. I do not enjoy it. It makes me actively so mad. Monday we'll do a rant, but absolutely not. Um, No. And so that's why I'm like, I'm a Marvel fan and specifically a Marvel, like an MCU fan. And I'm a DC girly at heart, but God know to a lot of their animation, or not animation, sorry, their live action films. Um, I do like a lot of the offshoot films like vertigo films um if you don't know vertigo is a subsidiary of dc but i do like a lot of vertigo things so you're thinking like uh v for vendetta watchmen the sandman um depending on uh i think it's dc now i don't know fake fans but i do like those but i i absolutely can't can't stand the the Ah, the the uh, universe that, that I keep on trying to say Disney, but that DC is trying to create. Can't stand it. It all started. My loathing started with Superman vs Batman. That is my top one least favorite movie. It 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 infuriates me. It infuriates me. Um. to no end. Not even a hate watch. I just, I just hate it. Um, but I don't really claim the Marvel fandom like I should. Like, I do like it. and I have been in the trenches before. I was, once again, a veteran of Tumblr. You think that I wasn't reblogging every single Tom Hiddleston thing I got my little grubby hands on? Because I was. I love that man. I specifically love that man playing Loki. Um, So, yeah. And I think why I might distance myself is that Marvel, quote unquote, Marvel fanboys, specifically, is not a good term. It's not something that people say with endearment. It's people don't like uh, the way that the fandom specifically I would say specifically the males speak about the movies speak about what's going on um there's a lot of discourse, especially right now that we're in this new phase people are like every movie should be like in game and you know all these movies suck because they're diverse and all these things And I have actually been eating up every single Marvel th- content that I've come across I am watched Everything except for I still have to watch some of the Spider-Man movies because I missed the mark and they're not on Disney+. And I haven't caught up on She-Hulk. But that's it. Every other thing I've seen, I've digested, I've researched, i looked into the thing. I am actively a fan of this thing and I am deep in the trenches. But I don't call myself a Marvel... Like, I don't say that I'm in the fandom. Isn't that weird? Like, I'm going to every... Movie, I love to dress up and like do my makeup. Um, and this isn't just the MCU, like uh, for Deadpool 2, um, I took my cousins, did my makeup, all those kind of things. So, like, I am in it, but I don't say I'm in it because it, it feels like a bad label. And this one's a bit possibly controversial, but I'm the same way with Heartstopper. I see a lot of discourse about how bad it is, and I feel like as an adult woman who is not a gay man, it feels weird to take up so much space in that fandom. I think I do love Heart Sobber. I do. I love the comics, and I love the, you know, the show, and I it made me squeal, and it was sweet, and I, I, I love love, so it was just, it's fun, Um, and I know that there's going to be even more serious topics coming up soon, and I love the diverse cast. There's a lot that I like about it, but I I just don't, I feel separate from the fandom for it, just like Marvel. It feels like, okay, this is not a space that I need to engage in in discussion of the show, even though I love it. And in a weird way, it affects how I view some of the content because when I see people being more um, aggressive or, I guess, having more takes about the fandom, it makes me think about the art is this art something I should engage in because of how other people react to it? Or is my reaction to it different or okay or more critical? Like it it makes me kind of sit back and think about things. And that's kind of what this whole episode is gonna kind of boil down to. It's like does being a part of a fandom or not being a part of it affect how you view that art? Um, affect how you know you engage with it, and and yeah, I think it does. I think that spoiler, I think it does. Um, and on the flip side, they could make you want to be a part of the content or elevate the content. So, I, I how many times did I didn't mention it? I was a veteran of Tumblr, so I was on Tumblr during Super Hulock for the Unknown or uncultured, um, Super Hulock was a m- multiple fandom. I'm trying to think about how to uh, explain it in the best way. A multiple fandom. Yeah, um, I think that's what it is. That consists of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock. So I engaged in all of these three shows and I have a separate love for all of these three shows. But the idea was that if you liked one, you probably liked all of them. And then people craved a mashup of the three. So you wouldn't often see gift sets to make it look like it had happened. And by the time that I had kind of started engaging with these, um, I felt kind of separate from Super Hulag. But this is my secret. I interacted with this fandom a lot before I was in it. I was a, a spy, if you will. Um, cause they, it was all over Tumblr and I would talk and have discourse with people about this fandom before I watched any of the shows, because I knew so much about it from other people's posts and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and with Super Who Luck in general, I think I started with, it's, it's kind of hard to remember. I watched Super, I watched Doctor Who with an ex of mine. We watched it together. And then Sherlock I watched on my own and Supernatural I never finished, but I kind of watched on my own and watched with that ex at the same time. So things like that. Um, So I had already been responding and uh, to discourse about it. I'd already been like talking about it, but I hadn't watched the shows yet. It's a deep, dark secret. Um, So, but people's excitement about it made me watch the shows. And quite honestly people's excitement and discourse about the show for the most part besides i guess doctor who because i'm i'm still a, i'm not as big as a sherlock or supernatural fan as i feel like i am about doctor who so you know but for the most part the discourse that people had about it was way more interesting their theories and everything was way more interesting than the show itself um i have a really weird relationship with sherlock which i think anyone who enjoyed sherlock does but I didn't realize until last year that a new season wasn't coming. Um, I firmly, I was like, well, we're all waiting, um, because I, I would, had already left the discourse, so I didn't realize (laughs) that it had actually ended. Um, I was just, like, patiently waiting for the next one to come, but, like, a lot of people's theories, a lot of people's posts like I firmly believed when I was going into the show that I was going to be watching a queer show hands down no questions and that is not what I got but the thought that I could the thought of what people said was way more alluring than the show ended up being and the fans were way more passionate than it felt like the showrunners even were about their own show and so I think in this case sometimes I wish that I hadn't joined the fandom and I could have just enjoyed people's thoughts about it before this is another this is way way old lore for lyric for me um that I don't think I've ever really talked about but when I was younger and I mean younger I mean going home typing on a messenger younger um I found that I have no idea how but like this I guess it was a blog and then like a chat room for this old like book I can't remember the book, but I found the, maybe, I like, a post had come up or something. And I joined, and I started, like, talking to people. And I was actively in this, like, I don't even know what you would call it. I guess blog or, or like, I, I don't know. But they, they had kind of, like, this um, forum. That's what it was, a forum. And I was actively in it. I was giving advice to people. I found friends, like, all these kind of things. And it was for a book that I had never read never heard of I it was I guess American Girl-esque I can't really remember because once again I didn't read it but I was in it and I um had read a few people had posts about the book but for the most part it was just a a group of girls who like to read so I would come and I would message and I was in it for like maybe a year or so um and then eventually I couldn't I think we got a new computer or something I couldn't find the website again but um that's another time where, like, I enjoyed the discourse that people had about this book. I enjoyed reading what they had to say. But I didn't know anything about the books. I just enjoyed being close to people that were passionate about something. And once again, I'm so sorry for this, for the uh, stuffiness, but it is interesting because in that way, it's backwards, right? The art isn't elevating the fandom, the fandom is elevating the art. It's making it seem more interesting. I have a friend, a good friend, who is a writer. And actually, shout out, a friend of the pod, um, D.L. Holmes, uh, has their own podcast, Humanizing Horror. This is what I'm talking about. But they're a writer, and I tell them that sometimes I hate watching things after they tell me about it. Because the way that they describe it, the little nuances that they bring out in their storytelling and how they tell me about a, a book or a movie, is nine times out of ten, more interesting than the actual film. They'll describe, um... Let me, let me think of one. We were talking about Full Metal Panic before I watched it, which, by the way, is really the only... They're not gonna like this, but really the only mecha anime that I enjoyed, and I think it's because of the romance plot. But they describe certain things about that show, I'm not gonna spoil, but with so much, like, love and interest, and I watch it, and those things were not overt, you know? That is the talk of someone who is in fan culture. Like they'll describe things and the way that they see it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll watch it. And it was like the most subtle of like nuanced like side glances in which they had told me a paragraph about what it meant and what it meant to them and the par- and you know the characters. And in the movie, all the care that they give to it is a single glance. Like, how did you pick up on that? How are you consuming media like that? I don't know. So in that case, listening to them tell the story is more entrancing than seeing the story for myself. Just like listening to people talk about the loving glances that John gave to Sherlock and the gift posts that they sent along it made me think like yeah yeah this is going to be a big part of the show and while there i i can't deny that the feelings of this is queer the alarm of this is queer does go off when you watch sherlock i i will admit it is nowhere near as impressive or even interesting as what people were talking about so in this way being a part or a subset i guess of the fandom was more interesting than the actual thing that people were fans of and I I don't I don't know what that means (laughs) um but uh, it's definitely interesting the way that people elevated this content into something oh that makes me want to talk about the one slur but that is a that is very much a story for another day but they elevated this content into something that was never meant to be and created this whole new thing um The last kind of fandom subset that I want to talk about is fandoms, and this is kind of going back into the Ella Chanted thing, um, fandoms that I I either didn't know were so big or existed or things like that. And mostly for me, this constitutes, like, book fandoms, so um, one of my favorite things to do when I discover, specifically a new series, is to look it up on, because I'm old now, Pinterest. Um, or, like, I have redownloaded and deleted Tumblr so many times because I'll join mentally, like, I'll read something, and I'm like, there's gotta be gifts or, like, breakdowns about this, like, that old, like, fandom itch will come in. And then I'll download Tumblr, I'll look at all of the tags for this thing, go through it, and then be like, that is, I'm done now. And I'll delete, like, the app again. Not the actual Tumblr, but the app. And then, like, I'll do it again. Then I'll find a, like, for instance, when I found the Cruel Prince or the Folk of Air series, you bet your patootie I was doing that. I was on Tumblr, I was in all of, I was in the trenches once again. And I'm still in the trenches on Pinterest. I'm still in the trenches on Twitter. I am constantly, and I love it. I am constantly waking up to, like, a recommended to you tweet about why Taryn sucks and boy does she suck, you know? So, um, love that. Um, and I just didn't know that it was so big. I didn't know that so many people enjoyed this art. Um, I think... Now it's kind of time to pivot to when it can be, like, a little less exciting, I guess, to be in a fandom. Um, we, like I said, a lot of times when I realized that things were a lot bigger than I thought it was, it's because of books. Because, to be honest, a lot of the people that I surround myself in, with aren't in the fandom. So it can feel kind of, even though, like, book talk is, like, blowing up and getting bigger and bigger, it can still feel, like, small. Like I can have all of this knowledge about a series or something. And, and this is a, a huge part about why I made the the podcast is that I have a lot of these things that I'm a fan of that I don't have friends that are fans of. So when I go on these tangents, obviously they listen. Hi, thanks for listening to the podcast too. But it's not the same level of care or want or desire to engage in these things that I have and that can feel isolating so in that way being part of a fandom can feel good and like okay there's this community but when art is so specific to you or specific to your want also being a part of a fandom and opening yourself up to other people's opinions and critiques about whatever you're interested in can also feel isolating because what if I agree to this medium or this media for a specific reason and now everyone has an opinion on it. it kind of, maybe that's why I'm kind of positioning myself away from heart Heartstoppers because I feel like my connection to it is is special in a way and then being a part of the fandom makes you realize, no, it's not, you know, um, and maybe that's why. Maybe for a little bit you kind of want to hold on to something a little bit longer and marinate with your own thoughts and opinions and wants and needs for what comes next and then you open yourself up to this wider conversation and it's like I don't I don't like this <laughs> I don't like how people talk about this I, I maybe that's how I feel a little bit about Stranger Things um and then you know at first I was like strange I love Stranger Things so I'm gatekeeping Dozen drag Dragons and then more people are getting into it and that's kind of fun because I have more people to kind of play with, in a way, uh, but now people are, like, really heavily, like, gatekeeping the Metallica, like, do you just like it because of Stranger Things, even though Metallica is, like, full, fully in love with Eddie, just, like, the whole rest of the world, um, so, you know, those are those kind of things, you you're kind of opening yourself up to more, like, wait, 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 this was my thing, this is what makes me special, this is what makes me a fan of this art, yeah, I, I don't want to share it, kind of vibe, you know, um, I said uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about music and how I like to discover music. And because I like to discover music on my own and separately and dig and whatever, sometimes I can find something and it feels like, wow, I found this precious gem and I'm going to be a dragon and hoard it and put it away. And then two weeks later, you see that your precious gem went on Jimmy Kimmel and everyone knows and loves them. Um, this is, by the way, a very specific example of something that just <laughs> happened to me. I found this artist, like, um, I, I don't know, like, a while ago? I don't know exactly when, but I found them a bit ago and have been listening to them over and over and over and over. And they seem small, and I was like, let me put you on to something when I showed people there. But now, they're, like, they went on Jim and Kimmel, like, a, a week or so ago, and blowing up. Like, every like... Ah, and on the one hand, I'm very excited for their success and what comes next. Um, It's not like they were super small. They like they were on a, a label. It's just, you know, um, small enough, you know. um, And I'm like, I don't want I'm not ready to let this go. I'm not ready to share this with the world so much. I wanted this to be my special little thing. And I think that's when like maybe, you know, phantoms can feel a bit more like <sighs> I can't just like this thing and feel like I am enjoying it the way that I want to enjoy it like I feel like I have to now be this perfect fan you know be in the discourse do all these things and I don't want to I don't want to let go I don't want to not be just me and this art you know um I I'm trying to think of a specific example but I I okay I think the best thing is going back to that twilight whenever you read a book. I love books and movies equally, but I love them separately. So whenever I read a book, it's a very me experience. I'm in charge of what the characters look like. I'm in charge of whether I forget what the characters are supposed to look like, which I do. Um, A lot of times I'll just make up my own thing. I'm in charge of how fast I go through things. If I reread the kiss scenes to make sure I'm just, you know, getting the best... um, the correct way that people are standing or whatever, um, I'm in charge of how I feel about it, how my mind interacts with the characters. After what the bookshop looks like, maybe they describe the bookshop and I'm thinking about something from my past and this is what it looks like and things like that and how I engage with it, how I feel afterwards. Usually when I read a, a good book, I close the book, I grab it and I sigh. <laughs> I, I realize that this is now a habit, but I'll close the book and I go. <sighs> <laughs> and, um, that's part of my ritual and all those, these things I do alone. I am. And only child I have always been a reader and I no one else in my family is a big reader um so this is something that I is a very solitude habit one of my best friends gets upset with me because they'd always tell when I'm reading because suddenly I'm very antisocial usually I'm a loner who doesn't like to be alone so I will you know be like chatty Cathy and want to talk to people but whenever I'm reading it's it's very much like a grizzly bear like I want to be alone this is me time get out of here I want to know what happens to these characters I'm giggling I'm kicking my feet those are things that I can't really do around other people you know um or well I could but it's it's just not the same um I don't really unless I'm extremely comfortable with someone I don't really like reading around them I will because a book needs to be read but you know like it's a very singular thing and then when you finish and you want more content you can go and seek it out and look at other fandoms but when something gets turned from book to movie it usually gets a wider audience because for a lot of people movies are more um they're easier to get into i guess Uh, more accessible that's what i'm trying to say they're more accessible than books because um i'm trying to think of okay once again twilight um is a I think the first book is like 400 500 pages um it's a thick boy and they're all thick boys um and so maybe you don't like to read or you don't have the time a lot of people say that they don't have the time because as I tell people reading for me is a hobby so of course I'm going to read fast because that's my hobby it's what I do um in my spare time so when other people don't read as fast that's fine it's not something that they've cultivated for years as a hobby like it like it just is okay um so maybe they don't have the time they don't read as quickly they you know it's a commitment really because for me when I'm reading I don't do anything else I like to read physical books I have to hold it I have I look I take off my glasses and I have to kind of sit there and read and you don't it's not really a multitask oriented you know a hobby or anything, you just kind of are there one on one, unless of course you're doing audiobooks or something like that. But for the most part, it is pretty much I am sitting down to do this one thing, so I'm dedicating however much time to this one thing. Whereas a movie, you can either interact with with friends, so it's more of a social habit. You're all watching it at the same time. You can read with friends, but it you're still reading alone at the end of the day, you know um and with a movie you can read you can watch it with more people you can kind of be taken by the director's um perception of how the story is supposed to go um you can move around if you're watching at home and do other things so in a way movies are more uh, accessible than books and um it being a visual media and everything too that it attacks more senses sometimes than books do as well or just attacks them differently so um usually when a book gets adapted to the movie the movie has a further reach than the book um for better or worse um there have been adaptations that completely butchered a book and then people think that this is what this is there's movies that are based off of books and if i told you that cheaper by the dozen has was a book first you have a certain image in your mind of what that book would look like and be like and it it would be absolutely incorrect because they're completely different um i love both i i think that the book is really interesting but it's nothing like any of the movies have been um Same thing with, uh, I'm trying to think of another adaptation that's not completely one-to-one. I mean, most of them aren't completely one-to-one, but, you know, you kind of hear this thing was a book, and, okay, Forrest Gump, for instance. Forrest Gump was a book first, and the characterization of Forrest is completely different from book to movie, but you watch the movie and you think, okay, I know this story, I know what this is going to look like, and it's not the same. So if you were a, a Forrest Gump or a cheaper-by-the-dozen fan first and then you watch all of this new discourse come out about something that is completely separate from what you know and love, it it can feel kind of odd. And maybe you're like, I'm not ready to share this with the whole world and feel the whole world's takes about this thing. Okay, another example is Hunger Games, which is... Uh, One of those rare things where I love the movies and I love the books and I love them separately at the same time. Um, But Hunger Games, the book, even though it it is young adult, is way darker and visceral than the movie. And I think it's just because the movie, some of the things... Well, they, it got Hollywood, you know, they saw Twilight and they thought people really love rooting for one guy or the other. So we're really going to lean into that Gail and Peta, not as big in the books. Um, In the books, it's even more clear that Katniss is like a single solitude person and Peta is like a little bit, you know, something that gets in there. But for a lot of it, she does not like romance. She does not care about romance. She is in a literal life or death situation to the extreme. Like, and she does not care about romance. I think it doesn't come quite off the same in the movies. And it, it it's, they're very visceral. They're very upsetting. Um, You can kind of see it in the movie. It, spoiler alerts for Hunger Games, I guess. But like in the movie, um, you can kind of tell... That the uh I don't know even what you'd call them wolves or dogs or whatever at the end are supposed to be based off of the other characters, but in the book it's like this long paragraph. You look into their eyes, and those are the eyes of the people that had died and all the stuff, and you know, um, just the levels of mo mul- mul- um uh, just devastation. I guess that the capital is racking like in the book. Peta gets um, loses. Um, a lot of... They both, I think, lose hearing and then Peter loses, like, his leg. And so, like, that is kind of... Well, it's very... It's almost to extension downplayed in the movies and things like that. So you can hear all these people, like, are talking about Hunger Games all this stuff and they never... They don't know the same level from the book. So it's like a war of two fandoms. You can like both and both can be different. Um, Another one that I'm equally fans of is... Um, a series of unfortunate events, and this is a threefold, because I love the movie, I love the TV series, and I love the books, and I have completely different relationships to each one, and discourse that I would bring up for each one. Um, and it kind of just reminds me of my mom and Twilight. She had stayed a loyal fan the whole time and I never read the book so all the discourse that she's going to bring up ever is going to be based off of the movies or questions that she's asked me about the books that she genuinely does not care about <laughs> and then for me I have this more complicated um relationship and I read the books and then I read the watch the movies and then I grew into an angst teenager that wanted to hate everything and then I did and then I grew into a nostalgic adult that wants to love everything that I used to like, and I did, and I'm you know have discourse for how I never envisioned Bella's khaki skirt. I completely just erased it. That's what she wore when I read that book, and now we're talking about it and laughing about it, and you know the difference between the movies and the actresses and actors and stuff, and re you know thinking about fans culture that was there and all the stuff it it's adapted and So I guess the question about like, does fandom affect art and how it does and is it negative or positive is really subjective and also depends on how much of a gatekeeping hipster you want to be, how much you want to interact with other people or share other people's opinions, or even how impressionable you are about others opinions. I hate to say it, but there are times where maybe I'm teetering on a three star review of a book or a I'm not sure about a movie. And I immediately go to Letterboxd because I love cataloging things. <laughs> I love lists. I love cataloging. I love checking things off. So I'll go to Letterbox and I'll check other reviews. And then maybe it's more positive and more negative than mine would have been. I'll be like, maybe they were right. Maybe this or that. Or same thing with Goodreads, I'll be sitting on a three or four or five, and then I'll click on it, and I'm like, do-do-do, and everyone's like, this book sucks, it's problematic, all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, maybe it was, you know? Um, I think the fault in that is going right after when I'm still impressionable about what I've consumed instead of having a moment to reflect on myself. But I do think when you open yourself up to other opinions, it's going to change, or at least improve upon your own opinions um and I think too looking at reviews on the flip side also reminds you that maybe your interaction with a medium is not singular like I watched Purple Hearts um and didn't enjoy it I think it's a really good hate watch especially if you like romance I think I think it fills this little niche of I know this isn't good but it fit it has all of the tropes that I am expecting so you know um but The whole time I was watching, I was getting furious that she had her hair tucked into her shirt. And I was like, Is anyone else noticing this? I watched it with my cousin. I was like, is anyone else noticing this? Like, what's going on? blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay, I'm unique and interesting for having noticed this obvious flaw in this film. And I go into Letterboxd, and that's all the reviews. The reviews are split into two about what they're talking about. And that was a huge thing. And I was like, Oh, well, maybe I'm not having an individual experience with this medium. Um, but I don't know, guys. I've said a lot. I'm really interested in, I think our question of the week is going to be, like, how has Phantom affected something that you loved or what phantoms are you a part of? And I think we're gonna continue this conversation in the future. I did not realize this episode was gonna be so long. We haven't had such a long episode in forever. Um, But I I had a lot to say. I'm really super duper excited for next week's episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys. It's gonna be I guess it's another book one, so prepare for that. Um, but yeah, let's slide into the mabob, and here we go. Okay, this week episode um, mabob is going to be a TV show. So if you don't know, a mabob is where I recommend either a movie, musical, anime, or book. And in this case, the movie is going to be a TV series. So I thought it was only fitting um, when we talk about fandom and fan culture to suggest something Neil Gaiman because I have a Neil Gaiman tattoo. I have one of my things that I collect are Neil Gaiman's books. Um always been a huge fan um and I do want to do like a Neil Gaiman episode as well. Maybe closer for Halloween or something. But um with that in mind, I have been wanting the Sandman, um, adaptation, to it for a while, but also, I've been telling people I'm a, like, hater of the adaptation, because of someone who wants to eventually create movies, um, I've wanted to adapt it myself, but with, um, short of me doing so, the TV series, um, did a fantastic job on Netflix, um, we still haven't as of recording this. Um, they still haven't announced season two, so please go and stream it and talk about it and tell your friends about it. But um, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed my time. I've already, you know, coerced a few people to watch it as well. Um, but this is something where it, I think it relates because at first I was like, I don't want to share that with the world. I still feel kind of weird about discourse, and then I realized it's like Lyric, this fandom has been around since before you were born (laughs) or like you know young enough to to engage in it so why am I gatekeeping this older product because it was important to me and not wanting to share it with a new generation I don't know it's it's weird right because it feels like it's mine but it's been big since before I even discovered it so I don't know but definitely check it out, read the comics if you can, if you want to, um, I'm sure, this is another thing about fandoms, I'm sure that the prices to buy them are gonna skyrocket, and they already were not super, ward cheap, but, um, that's the only thing, it's, like, gas prices, I'm gonna wait for season two to be announced, and then things to kind of die down, and then finish my collection, because I only have, like, some of the comics right now, but, anyway, <laughs> besides the point, please watch Sandman on, um, Netflix. If you don't know what it's about, it's about, oh gosh, what is it about? (laughs) Um, and see, this is another thing about being in the previous fandom is, like, I know what's coming next, so I kind of want to explain that, but I'm not going to, because it's not in the moot, in the series. (laughs) Anyway, but the Sandman is Dream, or Morpheus, whatever you want to call him, um, and it's, I guess, I mentioned it to a friend, it's kind of like, his coming-of-age story, in a way, if you boil it down. Um, dream is in control of our dreams and our sleep. And what happens when he's not around. And also, Dream, the perso- the personification. I feel like this whole story is his coming-of-age story and, and becoming a better quote-unquote person. So, um, it's very fantastical. The visuals are uh, really beautiful and... And they create some interesting things. I'm really interesting to see, interested in seeing what happens in season 2. Because what you might not know if you haven't read the comics is that Dream is not necessarily a central protagonist the whole time. So I'm curious about what they're going to do. There's a lot of overarching um, stories. A lot of intertwining stories. Um, it crosses a lot of timelines. Um, because he is considered endless. He is an endless. Which so is a whole you know what, we're, new game episode, coming soon, <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys enjoy it, I'm, I really talked your ear off this, uh, today, I, I hope you guys had fun, and I will talk to you next week with an exciting new episode, bye! <music>